Welcome to episode 447 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. We had discussions just a few hours ago, right before we did our first recording of the day. This man looked at me right in the eye and he said to me, should I wear a hat today? And I looked at him and I said, yes, you should. As I'm looking at him right now, he is not wearing a hat. It is Russell John, the Fisherman. You did man. not tell me to wear a hat. Yeah. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Yeah, I took some liberties I'll in wait. that story. <laughs> I'll wait for an answer. What's I know you did totally is take it, is it Again, are you still in this campaign that is, uh, it is too warm for a hat? I don't know. It, You know, honestly, the hat's got a lot of um, cat hair on it. That it's, is that is a not, you problem. It's not even cat hair, though. I'm in, You know, when I was little, I did grow up and we did have three cats. My parents did. And I had cat hair on when I went to school and it's traumatized me. There's like lint on it and I hate it. Okay. Although Dasha did post a picture. <laughs> Thank you for everybody that shared it with me of her wearing her scary hat. That's right. Which just doubled down on that. That did not have cat merch. hair on it. No, it was it was clean. That's probably why I'm not wearing also, it. Why does your hat have cat hair on it? It's a hat hanging up. It's got like it is hanging. It's on a chair in another. What's room. the cat doing? <laughs> What's the dog do? I don't. I dude. I don't know. The, I think the lint is just naturally uh, growing from it. Okay, we'll get a lint roller. Oh, you know, um, something interesting that did happen is we ordered ladybugs. I'm sorry? Sound like you said you ordered ladybugs. In the mail, yeah. Oh, you're talking about the 1992 film <laughs> featuring uh, Rodney Dangerfield. No, I'm talking about the bug. Why did you order we, ladybugs? Dude, you can't tell, but we got an aphid problem. Uh-huh. I've mentioned it on here. The basils are getting devoured. Yeah. So we ordered the solution. Ladybugs. Right. We're like, uh, it reminded me of um, Masking Threshold. Ordering like yeah. Florida ants. It's like, wait, you can order bugs on oh, yeah. Amazon? Yeah. Do Oksana found what? They had cockroaches on there? Yep. What? Did you go through the dark web? <laughs> Are these Silk Road <laughs> ladybugs? I don't know. She showed me. She's like, look what they got. I'm like, don't show me that shit. Why are you showing me an image of cockroaches? I don't like them. Well, speaking more about the ladybugs, cockroaches, and all things related to the dark web, it's Randy Michael Stat. That's me. What's up, fellas? I actually just took off my hat right before we started recording. Yeah, but you're doing this beanie in August shit that we don't understand. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. I keep the house cool, you know? Keep the beanie on sometimes. Now, the you know, Randy, right before we started recording, you let us know that a thunderstorm is swiping through the greater Atlanta area, and so... uh it has not uh, dropped down the temperature, as you hope. What uh, you know, some of these uh, no. summer storms can do. It's still uh, quite muggy over there in the ATL. It seems that way. Yeah, it, it says it's ninety still outside on my phone, but I have not stepped outside since about uh, ten a.m. this morning. Yeah, but you got that. Uh, you got that AC unit pumping away. What you got? You got a Goodman. You got a train carrier. What you got? Uh, no comment. I'm not sure. Randy, you should a man should always know the manufacturer of his air conditioning unit. If I need to know, I could always go back there and look at it, take a picture, you know? All right. You let me know. You take a picture, you send it to me, and I'll let you know if the if it's gonna make it through the summer. I well, still dude, got I did have someone come take a, a look at it last summer. It needed a uh, a part replaced. So I, I think we should be good for a little bit. Now, Randy, are you switching out your filters once a month? No, sir. How often? Uh, it, not yet. It's been a year. 
Brandy, you need to change out your filters oh in your God. home. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's do that today. <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm a novice homeowner. Okay, and I'm here to help you as a person who's worked for the for the dark side. Sure, you know, of yeah, home yeah. ownership. I'm here to help you. Let's I'll change out one of these days. All right, you 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 need to change out your filter at least every other month, minimum. It sounds like a lot, but I'll uh, I'll I'll look into it. I'll get some. It's going to put a lot of stress on your unit, baby. That's huh? true. Insert joke. Thank you so much. All right, Russ, what are you looking at? You researching? I was pulling up all eighteen movies you watched. Okay, okay. <laughs> Why? Why you come in here with so much hate? Again, I'm 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 folding things in because I'm a master storyteller. You just come in because, you know, most weeks you watch six movies and then you just, it's just mouth diarrhea for mm-hmm. a half hour. Now, you know, life happens and you've only got one movie, which is fine. I got half a movie and so life did not So I happen. think that because of your shortcomings, <laughs> you're becoming, you're, 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 uh, poo-pooing on projecting. me. Projecting. You're projecting. I'll start poo-pooing though. About the what? The poo-pooing's about to begin. What, because we're going to talk about the Paul brothers? <laughs> You have fun. For, you know, Randy should be poo-pooing as somebody who hates YouTube. He should be annoyed with all your- Again, you're behind the times. Randy is a YouTube premium subscriber. Nah. That's not true, but I do watch a lot of podcasts (laughs) on YouTube now. You're paying for ads? He's not paying for I'm not paying. I'm just hitting (laughs) skip when it allows me to skip. Yes, what I meant. Oh, God. (laughs) Randy, you come on, man. You would I did think- cancel Netflix this week, though, so maybe I'll put that money towards uh, YouTube Premium. That's what Dude. I'm talking about. Yeah, we're right behind you. Like, how, what's it now? Twenty? It's it maybe eighteen. And then every time you open, it, it's like, want to still share with your family? Just pay another. F- I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. Just torrent your shit. <laughs> you fucks. You know they're gonna turn into like an AI company anyway. That's honestly what you know. We talk about it so often with the Hollywood thing and like AI. In my head, the trajectory of AI, we're going to have this IP war where people are fighting over the intellectual property of like The Rock. And what's going to happen is that the streaming services are going to turn into their own um, production companies, just like in early Hollywood. We'll have like, it'll just be a, a one roof for everything. So they'll all fight and then they'll hire on the actor and then they'll have the free range of an AI use and like Netflix will have the rock and you know, um, I don't know, Hulu will have Tim Dillon and it'll be easy. You could just make an AI movie and insert them in. I think that's where we're going. So the two faces that you have (laughs) to project the cause of AI are Dwayne, the rock Johnson representing Netflix (laughs) and Tim Dillon. (laughs) An <laughs> obese homosexual comedian from Long Island. Yeah, I'm trying to get the full spectrum. Okay. The, the complete spectrum. Um, yeah. I don't know. Why the hell was I even thinking about that? Yeah, but you would think Randy, if he had a filter problem, would jump on YouTube, figure it out, and then 3D print the part. That's what I imagine when I think of Randy. Like self-reliant, very computer-reliant, but like getting it done. And changes his AC filters once a month. Soon. I mean, you know, I got to think that most people uh, that listen to the show are probably in California. They probably have never had an AC filter. I know. But also, again, you only think about California. Well, it's the only thing I know. And I don't know 
it's I mean, Randy's a Californian. He went over there. He doesn't know how to use the I know, magic And box. I'm telling him as a non-Californian <laughs> how to live a life like a normal human I being. I feel like you're getting some money on the back end. You're trying to make a business deal here. Some things I do yeah. out of the goodness of my heart. <laughs> you're getting a little bit of Yeah, oh, me, me and Big Filters. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in on that Big Filter money, baby. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I know there's some things we wanted to talk about before we get into movie shit. Should we um, start the show officially before or do you want to hit those? Yes, first? kick it off. All right. Well, something happened today. And you're all going to be very excited. (laughs) How could you tell? I did. I woke up and my knee was hurting. Brother, I'm with you. I heard an interview. Again, I do think this is my own fault. I I did hear an interview with Ric Flair where he was talking about doing 500 squats a day. And you know what I thought? I could do that. So I'm building it up. I, I do 100 or 150 a day. I've been doing that for like two and a half weeks now. And, uh, With kettles? No, no, I'm not weighted. Just okay. doing plyometric right now. Gotcha. I'm not crazy. Dude. <laughs> but Today I woke up. I tried to, oh man, I put a little bit of pressure on my left knee. Ooh, it shot through. So I'm taking the day off. <laughs> not a hundred squats today, but I did hurt myself. No, uh, it's a special day because, uh, you know, I've retired from opening up the show. It never felt right. We had a friend who lost a friend and then left us. But um, guess what, guys? Good morning. It's August 6th, 2023, and it's a Sunday. Today, I'm once again headed to a dining car. I've ordered a hot coffee and a cookie. Everyone, have a great day. David, it's good to have you back. Oh, you know. Boo! <laughs> fucking what? Boo. What, dude? You have gone too far. <laughs> you go. I knew it. I it's. I've been waiting for you to jump the AI shark. No, and what do you, you jump the dude. fucking AI shark today? Fred. You saw him walk in here. You were here when they installed the space door. Boo! You like the door? God damn! What did you? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I do like the, the effects. <laughs> I did enjoy that. I don't understand. I just don't understand. The AI is only an Instagram thing. Also, if you don't follow us on Instagram, go over there. Check out Helga. She's great. But David returns and that's what you, what do you think? He's a scab. He crossed the picket line. I'm disappointed in you. I have a cookie. (laughs) Have a nice day. What? And you're saying something has changed? (laughs) Very good. He's back. So I hope everybody's excited. Again, if you have any hate email or maybe you think we jumped the shark too, go ahead and direct that at Clark. What's your personal email? I think it's got to be like ClarkLittle at Gmail or Randy. something. at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, so now that we've uh, opened up officially, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> God. Oksana, go walk through the door. I like the sound. Oh, man. Dude, that was oh, good. Man. Where did you get that? What do you mean? All right. Amazon, dude. Oh, they do installation. I don't like it when you're in character. <laughs> it's not fun. Because you, you give nothing. What I'm I'm giving you the deeds, dude. Thank you. Uh no, uh I, I want to uh, bring this up. Um yo, what was it, two weeks ago? When did we have uh Mr. O'Shea on? Mm, I don't know. Our dear beloved David that O'Shea. Sounds about right. <laughs> Damn it, producer. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, to three weeks. No, I just I, I feel like we should do an update uh, on that. Is that uh, to my knowledge, he still does not have a channel on YouTube uh, for whatever reasons that is still gone. But he has moved over to Vimeo. Um, so I wanted to plug that, um, which I don't. Oxon, do you know the channel name that he is under Vimeo? Uh, don't search the glory hole. <laughs> Damn it! Um, I think it's just under his name. But if you go to his website, blatantripoff.com, uh, there's a link for it. Yeah, vimeo.com slash Diablo Shay. We'll take you right there. So I just wanted to plug that and, uh, you know, also use this opportunity to say that uh, YouTube <laughs> will stay angry. And uh, Here's what I think. I think it's all fucking same thing with Twitter. Uh I think it's AI bullshit. I think that they're yeah. th- these little bots scrubbing around, uh, just, you know, things get triggered and that's it. And then they just shut it down. Also, um, they need to redo this process. Try not to speak ill of AI. I know. I, I am so fucking worried about the future of this show and the future. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's- no, with no, because like today in our interview, uh, which you'll hear on Thursday, um, we talk about, you know, the strike a little bit because like, you know, we, it's the writer strike. Now the actor strike at some point it's going to become, you know, if the more and more this thing drags out, you know, it's going to affect the entire industry. So it was interesting to hear the perspective of an international filmmaker to see what that's going to be. Again, this is a tease for yeah. Thursday, but you're too fucking committed to this AI bullshit. And right now <laughs> I'm committed to the cause. Okay. I'm with our brothers and sisters on striking. Yeah. And you're on the opposite side. No, me too. You're representing the entity for Mission Impossible 7. I'm AI agnostic. Part one. You are not agnostic. (laughs) What do you mean? Randy, is he pro AI? Why? More than you or I are. No, come on. Just because I I hired AI. What, they need jobs too? What the fuck? (laughs) You just like playing God and giving your tools nothing to do. Come on, we created them. Let's put them to work. I use my tool every day. <laughs> God. Yeah, but really, don't say Team anything. people, dude. Just wait till he flies back on the way. Then you can talk about AI. You're a sucker, dude. <laughs> Team people. Team people? Get the fuck out of here. All right. Um, up top, too, I, you know, there's many a time I tease a new show or something else, and I just don't deliver. And I'm sure you all expect it. But Horror Boner, we did drop all of those last week. And the first thing I got was from Randy going, what's up with the audio? And I'm like, oh, no, I hate those. Again, didn't produce this one. And uh, Oksana didn't, uh, I guess, I don't, I don't honestly don't know what's happening. Um, the four track doesn't like to read into our uh, desktop computer. So I think it pulled all the audio out of the webcams, which is better than a laptop. If you're a longtime fan, you remember episode 11 of the Overlook Hour podcast where uh, Nilo was fired on air. Love you, Nilo. I hope you're doing okay. Um, so it's not bad. It'll get better. But yeah, those are actually up. I, I did deliver on this one. Um, why, why do I have Paul Brothers as a note up there? I don't know. Did you? I, I felt like you wanted to talk about that. I was going to talk about that when I talk about the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Um, I've fallen into a. I've developed a bad habit. I, I'm not on TikTok, although mm-hmm. I'm, I might be soon. Oh God. I got to learn the medium. 
Uh, I do Logan, IG Logan, reels. I know. I do YouTube shorts. We and- lost it, Randy. He's gone. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> AI, TikTok. I am on X a lot now. Oh, fuck. And uh, much like Clark, I'm not posting. In fact, I'm only looking up fight videos. I don't know how this started. And then there was the big fight, which actually I would have liked to watch. Did you you watch the fight? I wa- no, I, I, I've only watched a little bit of SummerSlam, and I watched uh, Logan in SummerSlam. Diaz versus Paul, though, that's a pretty good. I didn't watch that, though. If I would have known it was yesterday, I might have tried to convince I didn't even. I had no idea it was yesterday. I heard about it only Friday. And then I, I was like, oh, cool. In like a month, that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I heard I dodged the bullet. That always happens whenever I get excited for a, like a fight. Oh, and they were boxing too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be more interested in MMA, but I think that's only because Paul would not. He probably does BJJ, right? I don't know who he blows. Oh, my God. I thought he's your boy. You. You, you opened up today telling me and Randy to buy knee pads so we could properly worship him. I'm just saying. <laughs> Right, Randy? I'm just saying. You <laughs> pretty close. You yeah. <laughs> know, you know that I am a long defender of the heel. Yeah, but is he even a heel? I feel like people love like Prime. He's a heel. No. Everyone hates him. I'm more watch, of a watch the SummerSlam match. They hate him. And it's great because he's a money machine. Heels make money. Yeah. Wait, okay. Is he the one that did the fraudulent crypto shit too? That refused to pay everybody back? I think he may have been involved in that. I mean, I don't know the Pauls well enough to break him up. Is he the one that uh, got famous by filming a hanging body? That's the one. Okay. (laughs) See, the problem is that he's a heel in real life. And then he... uh, No, no, no. Okay. We're going to... We're going to... This is a little... Again, we're full of teases today. We're little tease boys. Okay, because, well, here, let me pivot we're going to get that. into it when we talk about the untold documentary from Netflix, Jake Paul and the Problem Oh, Child. my God. It's on Netflix? He is a heel. You're right. Um, my, I do have an update. My mom, cont- first, uh, a couple weeks back, I mentioned how my mom was defending a uh, yes. pretty clearly in the wrong celebrity on Twitter. And a I'm, pedophile. I'm not talking about Lizzo. We're, yeah, we're oh, talking about Jerry sure. Seinfeld's little girl. and um. Not his daughter. Well, he took her under his wing. That doesn't make him his little girl. (laughs) (laughs) We are talking about Miranda Sings. I know you're all fans. Anyway, my mom uh, texted me and she said, wow, you really blasted me on the show. And I, (laughs) me and Randy talk about this. I can't upset half of our audience base every time we record. But I had a little update after that, that my sister had a uh, get together with my mom and uh, she showed her the light, which I believe um, was just, sat her down and told her. So uh, the one thing I remember was that on the show of the, the Netflix show on set, they had a, uh, uh, a black person come in and they were sitting down doing an audition. And I guess Colleen walked in the room and was like, wow, if we turned off the lights, you would just disappear right now. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, <laughs> maybe that's not the, the hateful kind of racist shit that I imagine when people, you know, use the word racist. I think she's a fucking idiot. Also, her friend, she has a friend she does a podcast with that does um, like OnlyFans content. Yeah. So she took some of the screenshots of the OnlyFans stuff. Now, I don't know if there's nudity or not, but I guess she turned around and put it into like a Discord with all of her young fans, Colleen did. And I was like, look at how stupid she looks, like kind of riffing on her podcast friend. 
but completely missing how inappropriate these photos were to do it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe she's not evil like a Paul, but she's a fucking idiot. Evil like a Paul? (laughs) Unreal. (laughs) I'm about to... I'm about to change your mind. All right. I'm excited to hear it. Change your mind. All right. Uh, Anything else up top? Just, I want to thank David Lynch again for flying out. We know you've been radio silent. And as a huge YouTube fan, people are angry on there. So hopefully, I mean, I was able to convince him to come back to this show because he knows we're loyal and we're film fans. But YouTube, I don't know if they're going to get him back. So don't go looking. (laughs) I mean... Is anybody going to get him back? Has anybody heard from him? Yeah, is we that, did. He is? No. He came in today. I, I'm not playing that. <laughs> I can't. Okay, you've turned heel like a Paul. Exactly. <laughs> turned heel. All right, we move over to Atlanta, Georgia. Stormy Atlanta, Georgia, as I've been told, with Randy Michael Statt, who's not wearing a beanie in August, and we thank him for that. Randy? That's me. Yeah, it's quite stormy here. Just had a little... Uh... Internet issue, it seems like maybe, but uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna make it through the through the episode, hopefully. Dude, and, Stormy uh, Daniels over there. I know. Hell yeah! <laughs> I have a uh, an update which will then coincide with my uh, my movie talk. But uh, so I think this month or next month will be my uh, two years here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. You know, so just feeling uh. Feeling like I wanted to uh, to do something, do something cool. So oh, this no. weekend, very exciting. Are you about to change your pronouns? <laughs> no, <laughs> close. <laughs> this weekend, I decided that I will finally. Um, oh no! Populate the skin on my arm with artwork. <laughs> Whoa! And I got a uh, got a little tattoo from uh, local artist Brucey Bruce uh, here uh, at Sparrowhawk. You uh, got tattooed by comedian Bruce Bruce. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a little uh, messy. It's healing Whoa. now, but it's uh, I've always loved the Twilight Zone and the episode "Time Enough <gasps> at Last," where he uh, breaks his glasses and he can't read yeah. books anymore after he. Uh, is alone with uh, his books to just read. So I got a little uh, Twilight Zone piece. That's tight. Look at the, the influence Christian has had on him. When? How long before <laughs> we get a bull ring, Randy? Never. <laughs> you say that now. A door knocker? God. I, I like it, that though. Now, yeah. Dude, that's great. Dude, I, yeah, yeah. thanks. See, that's, th- that's my thing. I think... At this point, I feel like I need to commit to being non-tattoo guy. But if yeah. I had, but the part of the problem with not having a tattoo is like I don't know. I just I need a strong idea, and I think I've got a couple that are candidates. But like I don't know. That's it. You you find something you like. It's not like overtly obvious. Mm-hmm. It's a little like personal. It's yeah. It's a it's a nice thing you did. I would recommend you don't overthink it because I mean you've seen my you got tattoos. a Pikachu on your ankle. I know, but I was in the same boat where it's like, Detective? this has to be good. It has to be three different things. Like, it has to be shit I'll never change on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still, I I like it because it kind of uh, immediately will warn people that I'm a child. They yeah. have a Pokemon on me, but like, I mean, he's got the fucking devil horns up. And I'm like, what? and he's biting the head <laughs> off a Zubat. And I'm like, what was going on? Like, clearly, I thought, um, I thought much more highly of metal and Ozzy in particular at the time. Which now it's not that I don't like either, but it's like, 
I don't know if I would get that today if I were to get another Geodude tattoo. <laughs> so I'm just saying don't overthink it because it does kind of become a touchstone of like. Well, sure. Of like, you know, where you are in your life. Yeah. And the, things yeah. like that. Yeah, I get it. I was stalking a um, corner store when when I got that tattoo. That checks out. I If you've ever gone on um, Reels or something, seen the videos where people are on the inside of the cooler and people go in there to grab like a Coke or something. Yeah. That's what I think of when I think of that tattoo. Like watching people from in there. Honestly, that's I don't know how to process that. <laughs> I mean, what? It's it's exactly what it is. You're a voyeur on there. And it's like you're freezing. They're out there. They're doing something different. You're working, but not really. That's why you're back there. It's, it's a lot. I like it. Mm-hmm. Now, Randy, this is the first tattoo that uh, you... That is visible for the yes, most Yes, that can collect sunlight. Correct. Yeah. The other ones are, uh, if I wear shorts, you can see some of my other ones. Cause that's your about dong's it. hanging down. Hey now. <laughs> right on the head. But yeah. First, first visible <laughs> one finally, uh, you know, ruining my, uh, chances of getting a, a job that cares about tattoos, which probably isn't a thing anymore. So, you know, like I said, it's a, uh, yeah, like I said, it's kind of like a, a time and place kind of thing. You know, I just like, eh. so I almost, Went to a flash day that the tattoo artist had the weekend that I bought this house. So I was also feeling like, oh, maybe I'll just do something to, to treat myself. Um, and I didn't. So I've, I've been following her on Instagram for a while and uh, she's got some, she's got some great stuff. So glad I finally got something. Did you have any other options other than the, uh, did, yeah. How did, how did you come up uh, with that design idea? I've kind of wanted something like that for years based off of uh, Twilight Zone. And it's been uh, one of my favorite shows since I was like a teenager. And uh, I don't know, just being a glasses wearer too. I think it's just fun to have glasses tattooed. I don't know. That always just like felt kind of, kind of cool, you know? So just uh, decided to embrace my full, full nerddom for the first arm tattoo. So talking about the tattoos that are hidden. You mentioned when you're wearing those short shorts and your your uh, ding a dong hangs down, <laughs> ding a dong, <laughs> and the uh, people can see your head. It's uh, a board game. What made you want to get born to kill on the uh, head of your wiener? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> That's a good idea. It is a bad idea. That's a good idea. It's a bad idea. No, you know what? You can t- go ahead and do that. I know half the people listening to you right now will want to get that tattoo. You have my permission. You just have to send <laughs> photos again to ClarkLittle at gmail.com. So Randy, when are you getting the job buster on your, uh, on your hand? I'll probably go neck beforehand. I, you go neck beforehand? Yeah. No, not at all. I just, just came up with that. Randy could pull off an eyebrow. You, would you go neck beforehand? I think if you're going to fuck around, you're going to find out. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, that's a, that's a, Are you AI? Because you're not making sense <laughs> to a human today. Sorry, I read that a lot on X when I'm looking up fight videos. So True. <laughs> I don't know. I think if I was going to be tattoo guy, I'd want to commit. I do think if you go face, it is not. It's like, God, the oh. stigma of like jail or like I've joined a weird group is gone. Except for the neck. The neck still feels uniquely like gang related. So... Or unless you're just a really big sports fan in the Bay Area. But I think I would do, I don't know, do cheek or something. 
cheek? Yeah, why not? Butt cheek? No. Yeah, butt cheek. <laughs> there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Now, above the eye, I like them. All right, Randy, what you got, son? Yeah, so after uh, getting tattooed, I went down to uh, a place that you guys called me out at for not going to for, for quite a while. I've been to the plaza a bunch, talk, to the pl- talk about the plaza here all the time, but I've been, uh, been forgetting about Videodrome, you know? Mm-hmm. We've been worried. Local slash the only video store uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and also the only thing on uh, screens currently is still uh, movies that I've already seen, so I didn't feel like going to see Barbie or Oppenheimer again, and I didn't really want to see the new Turtles movie, although Atticus Ross and uh, Trent Reznor do the soundtrack, so I might be in. I heard it's good. It looks good. And if you went to the Alamo, they're doing a pickle pizza. I know, it looked pretty good. Yeah, I heard it's good, yeah. Nice. So yeah, I I chose two uh, physical Blu-rays of old movies that have uh, got new uh, re-releases. So the first one is a Czech film from... Uh, the sixties, what year is this? <laughs> 2023. Yeah. <laughs> Came out in 63 and it is, uh, oh, released a by a label that I've, uh, talked about a couple of times here called second run. Um, that like sci-fi movie called like tomorrow I'll wake up and scald myself with tea, which I think was also a Czech film. That's it. I was about to say, Randy, I was like, I don't think this is the first Czech film you've talked about from Videodrome. Yeah. Uh, the Blu-rays always have like pretty cool covers and there's usually like sometimes someone from Videodrome will like put like a blurb saying like that they enjoyed it or whatever. And uh, yeah, read the back of it and I'll read a little bit uh, of that here. So I'm going to not pronounce the director's name who I don't know how to pronounce, but essentially he says it's a sumptuous, surreal satire uh, it's one of the most lavish and uninhibited films of the entire Czech New Wave. Uh, so essentially the plot is a traveling circus and its magic feline mascot arrive in a provincial Czech town uh, and expose the virtues, vices, and desires of the unruly inhabitants. Uh, and the cat in this movie that has these sort of magical powers wears sunglasses. And when they take the sunglasses off, that's what kind of like projects this... Uh, sort of spell onto the, the local people. Um, and it's very, it's very playful. It's very colorful. Um, it's like technicolor. Um, like I said, it's newly restored. So it looks quite beautiful. A lot of really great cinematography. Um, and some more from the second run says part modern, uh, fairy tale, part colorful political metaphor. Uh, the Cassandra, Cassandra cat, which I don't think I said the title till now. Also, the I think the American title was When the Cat Comes, which hey is uh, keep it clean, <laughs> Randy. How'd they spell it? C O M E S. It played, uh, <laughs> it played the can, it played the Cannes Film Festival when it came out and then also played um, recently after the restoration was done. But uh, yeah, basically, it's sort of like this political metaphor, uh, sort of fairy tale, sort of uh, fantasy. I will say that it did take a little bit for i don't know the fun stuff to happen like for the cat to appear like i felt like it uh i don't know could have maybe just moved a little quicker um and, but once it gets fun it gets it gets pretty fun and the uh the ending of this movie is really good um like i said really colorful um really kind of goofy stuff it kind of feels like 
uh, for Russell, I know I've mentioned this on the show many times and I know he's seen it, but I felt like a much more slower tempo, sort of like Zazie Dan's La Metro. Oh, brutal. It feels like it could be like kind of a kid's movie, but like also kind of an adult movie. Okay. Um, so I don't know, you know, if they even had ratings back then in Czech uh, area. So I don't really know like if this was really made for uh, adults or kids, but it definitely plays sort of like somewhere in the, uh, the in between, but um, yeah, it's cool. And uh, yeah, I'm just, it's cool that um, Videodrome carries these titles from second run because it seems like they always got something. Although I might not love everything I've seen from second run. There's always like something pretty, pretty interesting. And uh, you know, I haven't really heard of like any of these titles before. So it was a, it was a good find. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Randy, tell me more about the Czech new wave. Uh, The biz of the biggest movie I know from the Czech new wave is daisies. What is that? You've seen daisies. Pushing daisies. I'll be there soon. No, just daisies. It's on criterion. Um, I saw it a long time ago at the Castro on a film print. Um, that movie has a lot of energy and it's quickly like very quick cutting. Um, and it does a lot of like really like kind of wild and inventive stuff. But besides that, I don't know a whole lot about Czech new wave cinema besides yeah, daisies and this movie, maybe like one or two others. I've watched one of the other movies from the director of daisies whose name I'm forgetting. And I didn't enjoy it as much as daisies, but, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, Good stuff to check out in there. Would you rate this one? I think three. It's good. Like I said, it starts off a little slow, but there's some cool stuff in it. Yeah, I feel like um, looking through on IMDb, this has the most, they should put that on a t-shirt per capita I've ever looked at. <laughs> the cat in the glasses is very infectious, but I almost feel like. It's, it's cool. It's also, it's, yeah. it's a perfect, um, they got the perfect pair of sunglasses for that cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, I groaned when you mentioned Zazie because the pacing in that movie is such a like important part of that yeah. film. How fucking manic it feels, and yeah, to slow that, feels that like a movie made from a a kid. Yeah, and to slow that down, I get how you would kind of like middle in between adult and kid, but yeah, I I understand how that could just equate to boring, or like yeah, is there levity? <sighs> is it funny? There's, There's gotta yeah, be. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Goofy for most of the time, yeah. I mean, that poster's great. The, yeah, the fucking imagery. It's I saw like, you see that cat. Look at that cat. <laughs> it's very like eighties, but like her hair kind of dates it in this. I don't know. There's 80s, a lot of cool baby, shit. Baby, that is sixties all over. Well, I mean, the Technicolor. Like when you go through it, it does feel very sixties though. But like the cat yeah. in glasses is very like, like hey, pizza cat sunglasses. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I don't pizza know pizza for Hillary. You know, Randy, I've tried to find an opportunity all week to watch um, Moon Garden. So oh, yeah. I'm starting to get backed up on Randy recommendations. I couldn't, and I barely even got a movie in, but I, I'm i looking at this. I'm like, it's a fucking hour and 44 minutes. Yeah, You haven't fit that in? You oh, haven't fit brutal. in Sound of Freedom? Like, what are you doing, <laughs> dude? Well, the, the problem is I can't, I can't wrap my head around watching something without Oksana yet, and I'm moving there. Yeah, it's brutal. It's just the baby. He splits us up. We might have to get rid of him. Yeah, you, you might have to pay attention to him once every while. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, when the cat comes, appropriately spelled. Randy, uh, three stars? Yeah, three. All right. What else the, you got, Yeah, the second physical Blu-ray that I rented is uh, Millennium Mambo, Ooh. directed by Ho Xiao Xian, who is the director of a movie that Russell and I saw, The Assassin, which we both got very sleepy <laughs> watching. Uh, this is a earlier movie than that when this one came out in 2001, but it also had a recent uh, restoration and re-release. I saw that it was playing some theaters in New York, and I think it probably played the Roxy. Um, but I don't think it played anywhere around here, or if it did, I was out of town because I'd heard uh, very good things about it and wanted to catch it. But yeah, it's out on Blu-ray now from uh, Kino. And uh, yeah, it says it's a... Uh, Stylish and seductive submersion into the techno-scored neon nightlife, nightlife of Taipei. Um, and essentially you are following this, the main character, uh, who is played by Shu Kui. Uh, she's, she's very good. A uh, lot of very attractive people in this movie, including her. Um, and she is essentially, it's essentially just like a, a character piece. And she's kind of like, I'm guessing in her mid to like, maybe late twenties. Um, she's kind of like aimless. She's working at this bar and she has this sort of sketchy sort of toxic boyfriend. Who's like a DJ and he's kind of shitty. And then she meets this other guy who is like a, uh, a gangster, uh, potentially. And she's kind of, uh, you know, drinking a lot and partying a lot. And there's a lot of good times and stuff in it, but there's a lot of, uh, sort of, sort of darker stuff too. But I don't know. It's a, uh, like I said, it's it's very neon-y. It looks a lot like um, Only God Forgives, sort of, in, mm. in certain parts. Um, definitely sort of that sort of vibe. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a slow sort of meditative movie. Um, there's a lot of really good music in it um, as well to sort of uh, set, set the mood. But yeah, it's, it's definitely melancholy. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a movie that I, I really enjoy these type of movies when they're done well the cinematography here is also uh beautiful too a lot of you know screen grabs you could use as you know backgrounds for whatever just like everything looks looks really good um so yeah beautiful restoration um and yeah you know kino always does uh does good work and uh yeah this is this is really good well is this a kino therapy segment i guess so yeah i guess we hadn't done that in like two years yeah damn it's not like we have an intro for it or anything we could. I don't even remember what the intro was. Nah, I could think of a Kino one. We never did one. I could make one, though. Make one. Sure. Yeah. yeah. One. Right now. Okay. Just press a button. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I can never win with that. It always <sighs> disappoints you and you always get mad at me. Because you always go to the same ones. <laughs> okay, here we go. Did that? Oh, <laughs> nope. It didn't even work. <laughs> there you go. Great idea. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, how many stars, Randy? Four. What the H? It's impossible to tell with you. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's a, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe these type of movies that are kind of just like a, a vibe movie, the kind of like meandering sort of a character piece, you know? But um, it's, it's, it's part road movie at times too, and I'm a sucker for, for road movies, so I enjoyed it. Russell, correct me if I'm wrong, but did Randy just refer to this as a vibe movie? Yeah. Were you a Gen Z, bro? Yeah, I am now. 
not getting Twilight Zone tattoos, you're not. <laughs> yeah. Dude. The yeah, whole TikTok, you, though. When's your night gallery tattoo, dude? I'm not on TikTok. Oh, my you God. You know, I was never a fan. Because well, night gallery sucks. Night that's gallery. why. Yeah. Night gallery sucks. It's all about the outer limits, dude. <laughs> that's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get an outer limits tattoo. No, it was not good. The Jordan Peele Twilight oh, no. Zone. Oh, God. Don't you dare. Love Jordan so Peele, right. but uh, yeah. Not so much with the Twilight Zone. Yeah. I, we tried. We covered a couple on here. God, I just remember the first one with Kumail as a comedian. It was rough. Yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah. bad. That was so bad. All right. Well, thanks for that, Randy. <laughs> Put us in a yeah. great mood. Uh, anything else? Uh, no, that's it. All right. Well, as we all know, boys and girls, uh, we lost the great Paul Rubens this week. Uh, who had, uh, I believe he had cancer and didn't tell anybody. And, uh, you know, he, you know, we all choose to, I, I respect that, you know, somebody who lives in the public eye and, uh, you know, they're sick and they keep it to themselves and then they die. So if you want to pull up Norm McDonald, I'm down for it. And I think that's what Rubens did. But, um, um, you know, I, I feel like a nut. Sometimes I do. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I had to, to right a wrong here today and talk about uh, Pee-wee's, play, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure um, because when I grew up, they did Paul Rubens dirty. And, and when I mean they, <laughs> I the may culture. mean my parents, <laughs> but in the culture as, as well of – I mean, I would say that the Christian right did not do him any favors. Um, they haven't done, you know, a lot of people a lot of favors, but they've also done some people some favors. I'm not here to, <laughs> I'm not here to, 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 to say only bad things. Oh you understand? God. But what I will say is that they fucked over Paul Rubens because he decided to go analog and jerk off in a movie theater. Now, um, and because of that, now again, the optics aren't great. You've got a guy who plays, you know, a chi- a man child who has a children's show and is this icon for children. And then he, you know, jerks off in public. Mm-hmm. People naturally want to put two and two together and immediately call him a pedophile. So I was, Pee Wee Herman did not have much of a uh, stake in my life. And therefore, I had never seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure until this week, the day that Paul Rubens died. So I saw Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and it's incredible. And I feel like my childhood would have been better with this in my life, and it wasn't. I what's not to love about this? It's perfect. Um, and the reason I, I kind of wanted to pair it with another movie because <clears throat> I think that where Pee-wee's Big Adventure succeeds here is because. It's a children's movie, but the approach is very thoughtful the whole way through. Um, This is an incredibly smart movie. Um, I mean, at the end where basically uh, they make a movie of Pee-wee's life of him trying to to get his bike back, and then they make a Hollywood adaptation, and the the last part of the movie is him at the drive-thru seeing a movie about his own life where he's a cameo in his own movie about his own life. It's great. And it's just, everything is just, a, it's a maybe one of Tim Burton's best movies. Um, I, I loved every second of it. It's just, um, 
and also the nuance of his character um, is great of just how strange he is and likable when he's honestly a very selfish person uh, who just wants his, to be left alone and wants his bike. And, uh, and it's just, um, I don't know. Everything was just perfect in that. And I immediately started to think about, you know, the movies that were big in my childhood and, um, Coincidentally, this also kind of ties into the whole recent, uh, you know, five dollar uh, extravaganza I've got going on at, at iTunes, where I'm just snatching up these five dollar movies. I got to stop that at some point. Um, it's this is this is not an effective way to live my life and watch movies. Um, you, know, we, you know, we just talked about what, what's what's Netflix for these movies a month. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you know, something's got to give here. But uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure was five dollars this week. Got that. You know what else was $5? Randy, they're having a big sale over there at the iTunes. You know what this sale is? It's children movies. It's it's the giant kid movies blowout. Well, you know, they're 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 tapping into some you know kid movies uh that we grew up with. And sure. uh one in particular was Passion one that the Christ. This, thank you so much. No, from 1989. This is a movie that I grew up going to the video store. Renting on a regular basis. Um, I actually don't think I owned a copy of this. I just think I rented it so many times. Um, and that is The Wizard from 1989. Uh, this is the video game movie uh, with Fred Savage. That is, and I think that most kids my age remember this one way or another. It has been a long time since I had seen this movie. And... Uh, I wanted to compare really sort of, you know, the, the, the children's movie that I was allowed to watch <laughs> opposed to Pee-wee's. Um, the Wizard's terrible, guys. It's not, it's <laughs> very bad. And, but here's the thing of why it's memorable as a kid's movie. And I think that it sort of does what the opposite of what Pee-wee does. Pee-wee is a grown man child. The wizard are children pretending to be adults. And that's why it stinks because the whole th th everything is flopped on its head and it's unbelievable in, um, because everything surrounding that turns into the adults are stupid and they're the ones bumbling around when the kids are able, you know, they're, basically hitchhiking across the country to go play in this video game contest. Also, there is very little video game being played in this entire movie. Um, Bo Bridges and Christian Slater play father-son. They play half-brother. The plot line is overly convoluted. It's a broken home. And essentially what we have here is we have a kid with autism who had a horrible, uh, who went through a horrible trauma where his twin was killed. Again, children's movie. His twin was killed. And since his twin sister died, he hasn't been able to speak. The only thing he says is California. <laughs> and he holds his little lunchbox and he goes, California. And then Fred Savage breaks it. They send him into a home. There is a scene where we are walking into a mental institution for children. 
and we see kids in beds looking at you like possums going like, it's, this is a children's book. I don't know what we're doing. They break him out of the children's uh, (laughs) mental facility. And then they're on the way to California so he can go play video games for $50,000. Now they didn't know that yet because they go meet this other little 10 year old hobo at a bus station. And then they start hustling people in, in video games. And that's how they make money to uh, get into California from Utah. How do they do that? Are they playing them in like Pac-Man or Frogger? Well, yeah, they, 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 yeah. So basically, you know, any restaurant, diner that has a video cabinet they go and they uh the fuck they're like pool sharks yeah i I did watch this movie a lot when i was little i only remember video games being played very little video games are in this movie probably the only parts i played paid attention but that's a big point is like you know what i mean it's like the whole purpose of this our kids are acting like adults but with peewee it's children are acting like uh, adults are acting like children and it's much more successful with what Pee Wee was able to do. Um, and also, obviously, it's a more you know thoughtful, um, esoteric sort of approach with this. Well, this is you know straight for a, a kid's movie. I'll tell you, as a kid, I ate this up. I love this movie because it does give you the – because as a kid, it's all about a sense of adventure and, you know, uh, you know it, it, like a road movie is very exciting. And especially when it's just you and it's like, you know, it's, it's completely up to me to do. There's no adults here bothering us. Yeah. You know, it's us in the open road, baby. You know, we're sleeping in abandoned drive-in theaters. We're getting chased by a couple guys in Toyota trucks who we scammed for $5. It's 1989, baby. So without the lens of like nostalgia, would you have, how would you have felt about the movie otherwise? Like if it were just like a new property, would it just be so foreign now? Like, oh yeah, I I, yeah. I, I think it wouldn't hold anything. You know the other thing, and 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 I think the main reason why this movie is the way that it is is because of the casting, and it's because of Fred Savage. Fred Savage acts like a forty-five-year-old man, and he's like nine in this movie. He has like an accent. <laughs> he's like, he's got an attitude the whole movie. Like you just, he, he should be smoking a cigarette this whole time. Yeah. He's like this little street tough. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's fun. That's entertaining because like Fred Savage, you know, he's, he's had it, you know, very successful child actor, you know, he could, he could just turn it on and he's got that charisma there. Um, the cut, can you? I'm sorry. Can you scroll up so I can see the? Yeah, Luke Edwards, who plays Jimmy Woods. I mean, he says five movie. He says five words the whole movie. Um, outside of California, I think he says like one other line. Um, right. and but and that's the other thing. We don't really see him play video games much, and when we do, it's not impressive at all. But the one thing I will say is that they are playing properties that are familiar to you. So they are playing video cabinet games like. Yeah, like they open up playing Double Dragons, and at the end they're playing Super Mario Brothers three. Like they're playing things that we know, yeah. and that's cool. And I remember, I remember watching that final scene as a kid. I was so pumped because I'm like, <laughs> that's I play that game. I want to play it like he's playing it. 
now it's just, you know, is what it is. Well, you know, I asked you about the wizard because you had no nostalgia going into Pee Wee. So, but that held up anyway, just as a film. Oh, 100%. yeah. But the wizard, you think it's just nothing. It would nothing, just be no. weird. The, the movie ends. I'll tell you what, what he's talking about. California. When he says California, he's talking about the La Brea tar pits. I feel like I remember. And, that. and you, they push him in. And the, <laughs> You know how the La Brea Park carpet, they got the, the dinosaurs everywhere, yeah. you know? Yeah. That was it. Because years prior, also, I don't know how many years, because the kid's like seven years old. So it's like, what, last year you went to the La Brea Tar Pits? Because uh, they all took a group picture at the La Brea Tar Pits, and that was the last thing he had of his sister. So oh. it's, a, it's weird. They try to tie in some, oh, I didn't even talk about... Um, Oh, can you scroll down? What's the truck driver's name? Trucker two, trucker one. No, <laughs> scroll up. We all have truckers in here. <laughs> I could do all cast. Go to all cast. Oh I got to get the trucker's name. Biker. Spanky. Okay. Spanky is Spanky is about a six foot four, two hundred ninety pound black truck driver. Um, Spanky is best friends with our female protagonist, who is a 10 year old white girl. Um, this girl has, again, her, she is, she is, she's a loner. Her, her mother had a gambling problem. And so she knows how to play craps. Oh my God. Is that Jenny again, Lewis? I think so. Yeah. Um, and she knows, and she has an entire network of truck drivers, um, at her any given call. Um, and so she calls up Spanky to help uh, win at craps. He wins at craps. They get money that way. And then Spanky shows up to help. There's also a subplot where there is a bounty hunter after these kids, too, um, hired by uh, one set of his parents. Again, it is convo- It is a broken home, and it is very sad. And we got... Look, look at what IMDb... Says about him. Oh, he was an NFL player. That sounds about right. Just read it. It's a hell of a... African-American former NFL player with plenty of height and built like an ox. Frank McCray scored over 40 film appearances, predominantly as physically imposing men and authority figures, sometimes in quite comedic roles. McRae first came to attention playing a grinning jail inmate, Reed Youngblood, helping Warren Oates escape in Dillinger in 1973. Yeah, dude's got a career. Let me tell you, Spanky was great. I wanted more Spanky. You know, and now you might think like an NFL player going into Hollywood might be a bad career move. Dude, back then, I'm sure he was making way more money as like a secondary character than in the NFL. Did you know, I think it was like in 2007, um, Nike did a limited, we're going back to Pee Wee now. Nike did a limited edition uh, Pee Wee Herman sneaker. They did a Pee Wee Herman, uh, I think it was Jordan or Air Max. And it's it's like, it's all gray, like his suit, but the tongue was red to be the bow tie. And the sole of the shoe, um, look that up. Look up just um, Pee Wee Herman uh, Nike. And I want you to see the sole of the shoe. Because uh, it's pretty wild what they did. Then type in soul. Oh, there it is right there. 
Oh, weird. So it's a row of uh, empty theater seats and him sitting on the end. My man. As a little... Is that in reference to the... 100%. So while you were talking about him, um, your uh, evangelical right-wing thing, I, I was like, I had heard that there was more than just the theater thing. So I looked it up and it said, you know, in 2000, um, in 1991, he was arrested on suspicion of indecent exposure. Uh, he pled no contest and he got 75 hours of community service. That's it. Yeah. That's the thing that changed perception for him forever. But then in uh, 2003, he pleaded guilty to having child pornography, which sounds like it would be a big deal. Yeah. But, like it wasn't. I guess he had a photo of a boy who uh, it was like an artistic photo from 1901 or something like some yeah. old art of a kid who had just been like skinny dipping. Again, I say kid, his legal argument was, we don't know how old this person is. It would be hard to like peg that. Also the California law that they were coming after him for wasn't established until 1989. So they're like, this predates that by so long. But then I kept reading <laughs> And it said uh, he also had a couple of, uh, in, on top of the illegal image mentioned previously, investigators also found two questionable videotapes. In response, Rubin's representatives told the New York Daily News that one of those videotapes was a sex tape featuring actor Rob Lowe as an adult. The video had been taken by Rob Lowe in 1988 and reportedly featured him with two girls ages 23 and 16. And uh, Rubin didn't know. If they yeah. could even prove that. So, I, you know, not it's to Hollywood, not baby. To, not to highlight the, the CP part of that, but the fact that he has a video shot by Rob Lowe That's just in his collection. How does that conversation happen? You having a drink one night? He's like, you want to see it? I can hey, bring it over. In those Hollywood nights, <laughs> in those Hollywood hills. But what do we know? We're mere mortals. Oh, I don't know. You know? It was a wild time back then. These are the stars in the sky. I mean, is that uh, available to Torrent? Can we get a Rob Lowe video? Pro probably not if the girl was actually I'd 16, but Rob Lowe said he did not know. Of course he did. <laughs> uh, yeah. Weird. I'd never heard that before. So Pee Wee's Big Adventure, five stars. The Wizard, <sighs> two and a half. Really? Uh, it's, it's three. I was going to say, you gave it two and a half. I thought you were going to go two. Now, I mean, it's it's still, it's still, like, I still, I still get a little charge out of it. <laughs> it meant a lot to me as a kid. Well, it is I watched it a lot. It is kind of cool to have video games on a platform like that. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. It's like, as a kid, it kind of broke your brain. Uh, but looking back upon it, there's very little video games. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Mostly domestic violence. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of domestic violence. We're going to talk about Untold Jake Paul, The Problem Child. Now, Untold is a great series that they're doing out of Netflix. Really? Um, no, I, I love the Untold series. They're now, doing they're doing they're Before they're doing you great start, work. you know what it reminds me of? Mm. The Untold E True Hollywood. Do you remember those? Yeah, but that th no. It just it made such a stain because those would be nothing burger. Here's fucking, what here's yeah. why I like the Untold thing and I think I prefaced the whole show by talking about this is that to a certain extent, I would defend a, a heel from time to time. And I think that what Untold does very good is that 
they take they can take very popular stories uh, and they're all sports related, but tell the other side of the story. So tell the side, uh, you know, um, you know, from the defendant, basically. Um, so they they can tell their side of the story. Like well, one of the biggest examples of this was the malice at the palace when at the Detroit Palace. Uh, where the Detroit Pistons used to play, uh, where the fight broke out with the Indiana Pacers. Um, and I remember that very clearly. Um, when that documentary came out a couple of years ago, it told the story from the side of the players, which we were, we didn't hear from. It was all from the league side of things, where they made the players to be the bad guys. They painted the players as the thugs, and that was the whole thing. And then, you know, when this, then the film came out and the players were able to tell their side of the story, you get the opposite side, it, you know, and there's a lot to back that up. Damn, Malice at the Palace was 2021? Yeah. I remember you covering that. Did you watch it late or like right when no, it came right out? No, right when it came out. God, that was fucking yeah. two years so ago. So it's the, the Untold Story uh, series, they're great. And also because they have incredible access. And that's what we have here when, now, the majority of this, in again, the title of the story is uh, Jake Paul, the problem child. We get a lot of Logan in here too, but it is centered around Jake. And to be honest with you, like, you know, I, I say it would fall in line with about, you know, the, the Paul brothers, uh, they're annoying, whatever. Um, and I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention. I like last, I didn't even know that Jake Paul had a fight last night. Uh, I watched this documentary, was enthralled by it, thought they did a great job. And I'm interested in the story, but I didn't. I, I didn't even know he was fighting that same night. Yeah. Um, I did watch his brother in wrestle. Uh, excuse me, at uh, SummerSlam. It was uh, very athletic. Let me say this: watch this movie. Mm-mm. I think you should. Nope. You owe yourself <laughs> to watch this movie uh-uh. because it tells you how the monsters were born. I don't care. I'm saying that I think these two guys are brilliant. Do you uh, tune into um, Impulsive? No. I, I, I don't want to watch anything that I don't care about their content, mm-hmm. um, but I respect what they're doing. Um, and I I got nothing for but respect for what they're doing. Um, and because basically... With and again, like I said, the story centered around Jake Paul and Logan growing up. You know, they both grew up in Ohio. Uh, they had a dad that was very, very tough on them. Um, and he is in the movie, and we get a little bit. We basically get one interview from the dad, and then he appears in the end of the movie when he shows up uh, to one of uh, Jake's fights, and uh, the relationship has uh, been fractured a little bit. Uh, there was an incident that happened um, at a holiday prior and uh, they, they weren't speaking to one another. So there's a little bit of tension in that. And again, that goes back to the access uh, that we're able to have in this documentary. So you feel these very real moments in these very real situations. Um, so I think that's where, you know, where that's where we need a Netflix. Because sometimes having, you know, that type of access in these, high um spotlighted environments like we don't we're not always going to get that um so it's that is that will always be cool to see and but as far as his dad goes uh let's be very clear not a good guy 
uh, scumbag, beat the fuck out of his kids, refuses to admit that he beat him. And that's part of the problems that, you know, uh, it's kind of scarred Jake. Uh, a lot of this was coming in from Logan. Um, and they kind of, you know, and obviously they talk about their relationship and, you know, the ups and downs with that, but, and how competitive they were with the whole YouTube thing. I mean, these guys started at YouTube at the beginning and they mastered it. And then it, it turned into a brotherly competition about who was going to be the bigger YouTuber. And Jake dropped out of high school in Cleveland to move with his brother, uh, California and, you know, was a millionaire by the time he was 18, uh, because of YouTube and, uh, with all these influencers and then got on a Disney show. I didn't even know it was a Disney kid. Didn't last very long, uh, cause of his other YouTube stuff. But, and then, uh, sort of pivots into, they're both doing combat sports where, you know, Logan's doing professional wrestling and now Jake is doing boxing. Um, and they spend a lot of the, you know, a lot of the lat- latter half of the, the film, is focused on boxing and all of his fights and we get behind scene footage on all these fights. And, um, again, the access is great, but we, we start to see, um, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. Well, I have to correct you. Uh, sports entertainment, but I said combat sport <laughs> for WWE. I'm fending off the lawyers right now. Is I it just, not? We can't get sued again. Professional really, wrestling is not a combat sport. I think I think they've been pushed into a corner where they have to be like sports entertainment. If you throw somebody into a table, <laughs> I agree. I it's brutal, but yeah, I've been watching a lot of YouTube content of uh, Maven, who was the reality show winner when they were doing um I can't even remember what it's called the first one, and he wrestled for a while, but now he's uploading a bunch of content which is just like. Here's how we get paid. Yeah. The most brutal hit I've ever taken. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I just think that. Uh, Hold on. Do you want me to watch this? There's one way. Yeah. Is my boy Hayden in it? Hillier Smith? He's uh, the one that edited for Logan Paul. I don't. I have no idea. So Logan Paul blew up because he had vlogs every day that were getting like millions of views. Yeah. He's the other half of that. He, uh, you know they would talk about how Logan would film a bunch of shit upload it on Dropbox. And then it would automatically transfer to Hayden. He would wake up, edit it, send it back. And they did that for, I think almost two years every day. I don't think he has any influence in the film. Again, it's most, oh this is God. centered around Jake. Yeah. Not Logan. Logan is a part of the movie. Um, I don't even know Jake that much. That's what the movie's for. Did he take a picture of a dead body or anything? That's Logan. So he has not exploited the dead. Uh, to our knowledge, no. But again, and why are we talking about him? <laughs> they are the best. They are. They have the biggest. They have doctor. They have numerous graduate degrees and doctorate degrees in trolling. No one does it better than these. Oh, where guys. do you get those? <laughs> YouTube. Okay, I got to work on mine. Um. And they have they have done it to such a high level, and oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, it focused around you know his boxing career and what he's doing for boxing. Now, uh, there's a lot of negativity around these boys, no. and even what they're doing <laughs> with boxing. One of the biggest defenders of Jake Paul is Mike Tyson, and they interview Mike Tyson for this. Um, Tyson's great. 
and he is just he is completely honest uh, about everything. And you know, he's like, yeah, I I completely understand of why you know uh, these guys are you know this guy's getting disrespected. He throws his brother in there too. I mean, you know, these guys are getting disrespected because they're YouTubers, um, and uh, he's not a real boxer. But you guys need to realize something: boxing was dead, and he helped bring it back to life. And and he said, so I, you know, um, he, what he has done, what this YouTuber has done for boxing, he's done more for boxing than most professional boxers. And he, and you know, he's like, I care deeply about boxing and what he, what this guy's done for it. He's like, you know, I, so I'm, I'm for him. And that speaks a lot. Um, and, and that goes to the power of the internet. And that goes to what these guys have, how smart these guys are, what they're doing. They know exactly what they are. They know that they're the bad guy, and the bad guy makes money. They know what they're doing. So I got nothing but respect for these trolls. I think they're doing great, and I think that this is America. Did you see that Meet Canyon video that he did for um, I miss that one. Miranda Sings? Because uh, Logan Paul shows up immediately, and he's coaching her on how to navigate a terrible reputation as a bad person. Yeah. And his advice is just wait it out. Put out an energy drink and people won't give a shit anymore. And it's funny because then he teams up with uh, Mike Tyson, who also navigated it, convicted and found guilty of rape, but yet is beloved. Yeah. And then, you know, we bury Paul Rubin. Couldn't get past the fucking suspicion of jerking off in a theater. Randy does it every fucking week at the plaza. (laughs) And we still love him. And we apparently we were brought that back. We're bringing Videodrome into it now. <laughs> He's going to be jerking off in the video store. That's no, that's in my own home. All right. Oh, thanks for the bit, Randy. <laughs> Commit to the bit. It's going to be hot with that new tattoo, too. Yeah. So that's all I'm saying. Um, really strong, really good, and uh, I'm just saying, support the Paul boys. I'm just saying. That's OJ's favorite thing to say. I'm just, all right. Yeah. I'll take care. <laughs> That's a dude who needs a PR rep. He cannot get away from it. Hey, he got a documentary. Oh, it was untold. The OJ story. Let's hear from him. That's right. <laughs> dude, I don't know. You know, the lineup, I was looking at it while you were talking. It's pre- it seems pretty good. They definitely open strong and it, it does the anthology thing where it kind of like middles in the middle. And then at the end, they try to bring it back, but it's, yeah, the opening one. I'm a little worried that uh, the Paul brothers is the opening. I'm, I don't know. He seemed to like it a lot. It's good. Yeah. I'm in. You got any more? That's it. All right. Um, I, man, I watched a movie. Again, we should have put this in the show notes for up top. We watched a movie that we have a lot to say about that's under an embargo. And uh, embargo. So I don't know when this film. I, no, we, what? All right. What are the rules of the embargo? I just can't. Don't review it. Basically, don't, don't think it. Don't say it. So we watched a movie that has two titles. I'm not sure when it comes out. Which one it will be under? It's either Good Boy or Me. You and, you Frank. and Frank. I think it's Good Boy. We watched um, it as Good Boy. The trailer is available online. Uh, check it out. It's got like the. Uh, it's got that like. I'm trying to think of a way to describe it other than a twenty four. It's got the uh, pretension of an indie horror film that has the uh, determined pacing, a muted palette, and a whimsical character. It's B25. I, you know, I won't tell you if I liked it or not because of the embargo, but I do want to talk about it. Embargo. So stay tuned for that. So I did watch a movie 
I just poor choices this week. Uh, Randy, how many stars on the uh, embargo movie? Redacted. <laughs> Good job. Good man. answer. <laughs> All right. Then I watched um, for an interview coming up this Thursday, which we're teasing, but cat's out of the bag now because my homework is going to make it into this show. I watched Video Man, which um, I think Clark covered two weeks ago. About oh, no. Three? It was a Over a ago. month ago. Yeah. Um, and at the time, we talked about how the movie cover looked a lot like Videodrome. I mean, it's a dude getting sucked into a TV. The color palette is very 80s horror. And it's about a collector. Is he getting sucked? Well, he might be crawling through. Randy, can you isolate that? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it definitely is marketing a horror film and one that particularly I would be interested in watching. So when Clark talked about it kind of falling into the uh, Eugene Kotliarenko zeros and one kind of a complicated character who's undermining the few relationships he has left for this very selfish journey he's going on. Uh, I was intrigued and a little bit worried. Uh, well, I watched it and I think the film is fantastic. I think it's really good. And I also think if you're looking for a low budget horror movie, it might not scratch your itch. But if you're kind of like Randy perusing Videodrome, this might be a really good pull. And I, Randy, I know I'm batting zero recommending you <laughs> movies. But this one came from Clark, so I'm going to piggyback off that. I think you would like this. And in the interview, it's I, good, I mentioned it's really got the kind of heart of a French New Wave film where we just kind of are popping in and out of a world populated with film influence, yet not falling in the genre of any of those films. It's really, it's unique and interesting, and it's beautifully shot and wonderfully acted it reminded me of fucking serbian film where we talked to him and we learned that all the actors in here are like a-listers in sweden yet when we watch it you know for a five dollar rental on itunes you're like oh it's a cool little indie movie but no i mean we learned that uh, the lead actress won the equivalent of an oscar out there for her performance so this this isn't a movie that i would call good because i know that there's a lot of baggage there. I'm usually talking about entertainment and my weird taste. This is a movie that traditional gods of cinema would call good. So I highly recommend people go watch it. And it's on Tubi. So you don't have to do anything for it. Well, it's also, you know, it's it's a foreign language film that is still, you know, very much steeped in American culture. Um, now, with Video Man specifically, a lot of it has to do with international film. Um, which is a big part of that. But in talking with Christian in the interview here on Thursday, um, you know, he, he plays into that of like, you know, how important, um, you know, American film is influential to the rest of the world. So I think that, you know, that alone um, is a good way to sell the movie of like, you know, Hey, we're not all that different. And uh, if, you know, there's something to be related to, if you know, just, through the love of film. It's funny because they don't articulate the connection with um, the American culture. Like there's something articulated here that is, if you're a collector, it's universal. Even though I don't really think there are many American films that make a cameo in this movie. It's a lot of international, yeah. a lot of Italian yeah. horror. Yeah. And um, if you are a collector and I but, know if you have a bunch of Blu-rays, watch this movie 
just go into it because it will speak to you in a way that will be unique. Exactly. Yeah. The thing is, is like, yes, it, it is a lot of Italian films and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's still an obsession over film. And that is absolutely something that, you know, uh, uh, you know, the American market can grasp onto. Um, and like Christian was saying, I, I think that this movie, um, it's what, six years old? This, this 2018, I think it this was could released. have a second life easily. Oh yeah. I mean, this thing, um, this thing gets in the right hand. I mean, cause it's great. And I think that there's a lot to, to tie into here. Well, I think it, for, it's, you know, Western audiences, it's got an uphill band battle finding its audience from the cover because I do think this is a movie Randy would enjoy. And I just don't know if Randy would pull the trigger on that cover, which kind of reminds me of like, um, what was that horror anthology scare package? Yeah. It's got like that kind of, which is so far removed from fucking scare package. Um, you know, I had a note on here to mention pizza to Christian. I didn't, I didn't get an opportunity, but there's a beautiful thing in this movie where, uh, when a collector makes a film about collecting, you can get a little gratuitous and self-indulgent, but this movie's dark comedy is, it's self-deprecating in a real way. And there was one thing that all these collectors that he was like breaking into their house, they were all eating pizza and they all had day old pizza. And it was something that wasn't overstated, but it really made an impact on me. Yeah. And having ate pizza last night, I felt a little seen in the wrong way. Um, also, do you like the Foley work when he threw the pizza at the bell? Oh, dude. It's a nice. Yeah. Randy, I, Randy, you would like that Foley work. Randy, um, oh man, you know what? I'm going to watch. I'll watch both of those movies. I can't. I have no leverage here. Randy, try and watch it. It's on Tubi. I know that probably yeah. makes it worse. But um, hey, I, I had pizza yesterday, too. So, you know. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? It's like this movie's old. How did he know what we did yesterday? Uh, Comet pizza, Randy? Yeah, Comet ping pong. I went to D.C. after I got tattooed and then came back and hit the video store. And like, <laughs> uh, it was a good day. <laughs> Randy is the uh, titular Busy boy. He's the video man, video which is confirmed. Man. Christian is man. Um, I watched another movie. Now this one, I'm going to go quick here. I don't have a lot to say about the film in particular, but I, the way that it became recommended to me, I think uh, warrants some thought on my part. And uh, let me pull it up here. For some reason I was ready with everybody else's movie, but mine. And you would think I would have a title like, the devil's well at the hip, ready to pull out. Now, does that mean the devil is well or the devil has a well? Well, hey, let me go throw up the poster for you and see. Uh, you you make the call. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> uh, that's very clear. Uh, it is it is the latter. I mean, think of Samara uh, were casted for the ring and they're like, you know, we're going to put the well on the poster. And then Samara's like, I'm sorry, I read the script. I just can't be a part of this movie. So they're like, who's got a daughter? And they grab her and they throw her in a well. Don't call me daughter. And they're like, you know, the well looks a little weird empty. Let's fill it with some jello. And then but let's light it up behind you. Also, let's throw it in the Blair Witch Woods. Yeah, it does look like <laughs> to be a very thick, liquidy, gelatin, it, mercury. I think they might have been going for blood. It, ah, it looks kind of like uh, yeah, jello, it's a, though. It's a lot of plasma in that blood, friend. And then to you know the Blair Witch Woods in the background, 
it's a little generic. What can we do? Yeah. Well, let's have a UFO above, but instead of a regular beam, they'll be <laughs> shooting down a fire cross. And that's the cover. So I don't think the devil is well. I think he may own this property. Um, again, uh, shout out to Patrick Kelly. Uh, he's from Void Video. He contributes to our, our buddy Evan, Evan Jordan's website. And he came out to us and we were hanging out. Dude's got great taste in metal, good taste in movies. And he gave me kind of a timid recommendation here. And he's like, I know you like faux documentary mixed with found footage. And he's like, this movie takes a little bit of like Lake Mungo and they kind of build off of grave encounters. And he's like, it's an above average film. Now I should have, <laughs> I should have taken that to heart. One, I, I'm committed. If you want to recommend a movie, I'm going to put it on the top of my list. Unless you're Randy, which I feel bad about Randy, but I'm getting to him. And um, so an above average film, are you putting that like three and a half? Do you think? That's, well, that's what he rated it. Okay. Uh, he did put it on letterbox at three and a half. And I'm like, okay, I, that does, even though my system is very skewed as has been pointed out hundreds of times on this show, mm -hmm. I felt like I had good ground from that. And uh, so I went into it also much like video man on Tubi. So I'm like, you know what? Fucking Tubi bang, bang tonight. Fuck it. Um, here's the problem. Uh, faux doc. That can mean a lot of things. Uh, the idea I think that separates it mostly from found footage is that the filmmakers are still alive and there's some sort, well, that's not always true because if we're doing, um, a faux doc about footage that was recovered about somebody missing, well, no, the filmmakers would still be alive. Yeah. I guess that is the big distinguishing thing and also production. Right off the bat, we're introduced to a talking head cast. David Byrne? There, I wish. This one, it just feels a little, it feels a lot scripted. And it feels like people showed up and they're, they're acting. And man, it was really hard for me to get invested beyond that. And I mean, I honestly, I don't, I don't know if I'm really far off here. From the initial invest, you know what? Let me read from IMDb. I know they always do a great job of setting up these films. Carla Marx mysteriously vanishes while conducting a paranormal investigation with her husband. A year after her disappearance, a group of paranormal investigators attempt to uncover the truth about her disappearance. So her and her husband, they're, they're a duo. They go out to the devil well. Um, As you do. And now in the faux doc early on, we do have footage of them going to the devil well. Because uh, the boy made it out. Are we in camera the whole time? Yeah, it's it's all in camera, okay. but it's very heavily contrasted from the faux doc to the footage. And there's a weird thing they do. Like, if you want to think of a good blend, um, Hell House LLC. Okay. That movie, we open up with faux doc footage, and then we kind of get lost in the found footage element and come back. Understood. This one, it's weird because it's like they're making a documentary that we're watching but the end of the documentary is that they've hired a paranormal team called Signs. Of course, that's an acronym to, Signs. to join with the husband. I should find his name. Uh, Brian Marks and their Orsi Lucas. I can't remember. God, there are so many. This movie is also plagued with pretty people and all of their names. Like I wrote down their names, the Signs team, which is kind of like taps meets the Grave Encounters crew. Their names are uh, Chris Manners, Riley Harper, Dennis Howard, Lynn Baker. I'm like, these all feel like Hollywood kind of like, oh, what would look good on IMDb names? So 
the problem I was having here is it just felt like very inauthentic. Yeah. But then at the, you know, at the end of the first act, we leave the faux doc uh, framing and we move into almost live stream found footage because it's a team setting up. We actually have a lot of footage of just people setting up in this dark building and they're not talking. And it really struck me as weird having watched a lot of like ghost adventures and shit. They're always talking. And I think if you're like, so the tech dude is, he's our staunch um, skeptic and he's like, check it out. This girl went missing and either the husband killed. Actually, I think Riley Harper, who she just like, I don't know. She felt like a porn star. Like, it's just like, it felt like they hired her to come do her first acting gig. Yeah. Not a critique on her performance, but how she looked in the paranormal. Like I'm talking in world. She did not strike me as a paranormal investigator, but she's like, check it out. It's either we're she going too pretty. She's very pretty. She had glasses on. Like they're trying to dumb her down and put her in a part. I'm like, that shit. That was a joke in a nineties movie. Actually, I think it was early. Were they trying to Velma her up? Yeah, it felt that way. And she makes well, that's just fetishization. Oh, yeah, get a tattoo, Randy. Um, so she shows up, and well, this is actually in the talking head part. She's like, either we're going to the location of a murder with the murderer, or there's a monster or a ghost that abducted her, and we're going to that location. She's like, so it's really win-win, and it's like that's a good point. I don't like the way it was delivered, which became the theme of this movie. I actually think the script here could really work. There's some stuff that comes up, like the skeptic tech guy. He refuses to believe anything. And I'm going to, we're going to get in a little bit of spoiler territory here. I'm not going to go very deep, but if you do plan on watching the devil's well, maybe uh, have a good day. Um, The wife shows up. (laughs) She shows up and the, the immediate response from this paranormal team. Also, it's been over a year. And the husband's been scrutinized by law enforcement. They're like, dude, what'd you do with her? Yeah. But he's free and he's like, I've had a miserable life. His wife shows up next to the devil well. And he's like, oh, honey. And they're like, stop. We need to interview her. What do we? Because they think that this couple that was a paranormal investigative couple may have just set this whole thing up to get some fame. And it's like, actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. Because you hired another paranormal team. At which you could piggyback your new career. So I'm like, hey, they got a good point. But the delivery, man, the tech dude's like, no, I didn't have a ghost story like all of you. I'm here on my own. And I'm just saying, this is really convenient. We need to check. And it's like, you're, the idea was good and the execution just fucking lost me. Um, In the last moments of this movie, though, I don't know. Maybe there was a prophecy. And Paul Rubin show up? <laughs> maybe in the form of the devil. And or in the form of a cultist, because ah. a, somehow a bunch of people learned about this moment and uh they're showing up. So one thing this horror movie did is it stacked the cast. So I'm like, oh, we're gonna be picking people off from the beginning, because that's what you do. No, they fucking front load it, and at the very end, they all get cut off. Like they get dispatched so quickly, and it there's no reward there they don't get like proper comeuppance because they're not really bad people, but a cult shows up and there's this one dude in, um, I think it's corpse paint. He just has a gun. <laughs> he shoots somebody. And I'm like, that was pretty cool. The other, the other shit that happens is a guy in a, he almost looks like he's got like a spirit store mask and a machete. He's slitting people's throats with the machete. 
And I'm like, come on, what are we doing? So I don't know. I, you know, Patrick, I love you, man. And I, I hope you keep giving me recommendations, but, um, I don't know if I could give this one a three and a half. I think I'm in like a three, two and a half territory. Oh. Most probably a three. It was fun to think about, but I, I will forget. I watched this movie. Um, and Hey, on Tubi, it was under the found footage section, which I think bats about a 700. You're, you're about one in three. You're going to get a non found footage movie. Um, did I have anything else I wanted to but, mention? But I mean, there? you mean in terms of the entire duration where they break it? They don't, uh, I don't think they or broke in world in this one. I mean, their platform when their category found footage horror. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. what, what I'm saying is like, are you saying they don't even make an effort? They're just not just, found footage movies. Okay. Yeah. So it's an algorithm yeah, thing. One in like, three is just a traditional I horror film. Gotcha. But like you were just asking, you might think, well, maybe it's going to flip over. Yeah. And then it does. But you've been burned on twice. Okay. The last two times we went in blind, we were burned. Gotcha. Oh, another note I mentioned is that, man, you know, it's funny because we were just riffing on the poster and, you know, the Blair Witch Woods. This movie, when they move from faux doc talking head style to an investigation, when they get into the Devil Well town, the, the footage turns black and white and they start interviewing people on the street. What's that remind you of? Butterfly kiss. Oh, oh, that too, but Blair Witch. Also it's Blair just Witch. the fucking Blair Witch. And I'm like, what are we doing? Like, there's no proper setup for it. And I'm like, it's it's funny how it was, it's not communicated properly. In the Blair Witch, it's kind of an indicator that this is a different type of footage, the black and white. Yeah. And we're in the film now. We're using actual film. Where in this one, it was like weird style choice to pivot out of your faux doc with. I don't know. I, I just wish this one was thought through a little bit more. Um, Oksana did. She spoke up at one time during this movie. They were using the, um, I don't know what they're called. They're like thermal detectors. So when you're investigating a, a paranormal location, sometimes you may get a drastic shift in temperature. And it could be weird, right? Or you're like in Florida, it's very hot. And then there's a spot that's just cold. Well, you know, it's not weird. <laughs> When you're going to investigate the devil well and everything's normal, except for inside the well, it's cold in there. And Oksana just turned to me and she's like, isn't that normal? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think so. it's a stone well. Yeah. Going down. Underground. Under, I'm like, yeah. But yeah. they're like, it's really cold over With here. They're water. Like, they're literally pointing it in. Now, I can't remember if there was water or not in that well, but I feel like that wouldn't change it so much. It's a well. I, yeah, but I, th I thought that was hilarious. It was the I, one time. I think one of the characters after that did like mention that that's not necessarily weird. It was probably that fucking tech dude. You know how they are. We deal with Randy on the oh, show. Yeah. You all hear it. He just, he came in to ruin the fun. He's like, oh, yeah. yeah. So that probably happened. Yeah. Thanks, Narc. <laughs> I also don't know if they ever say what signs stands for, but you can get a signs shirt on a red bubble. <laughs> Excuse me from the movie. Yeah. Wait, no, like signs, click signs on it. Does it say anything about signs. the devil? Well, um, it has the movie's, I guess, former title, The Unexplained Disappearance of Carla Marx. Well, that one just rolls off the tongue. I mean, you know, honestly, I might have made a joke. I can't help it. I'm, I'm mean. I'm 
trying to get my uh, my pedigree and trolling off of the internet. But Attaboy. I like the utility title for found footage. And if it was something kind of clunky and long like that, I probably would have found it on my own. Instead, they went the Walmart bottom shelf cover, yeah. which that does nothing about the Devil's Well poster says found footage. Yeah, for sure. Not a single fucking thing. Yeah, no, that is 100% bottom shelf Walmart. Yeah. And look at the tagline. Yeah. Hell is just below the surface. Where it's colder. <laughs> Weird. It's cold in hell, dude. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, we did it. Uh, as we talked about, uh, Thursday's episode is a banger. As they say, uh, we we typically don't let things out of the bag like that, but uh, that's the thing. <laughs> Rules are meant to be broken, and they're right, Randy. This is true. Yeah, I learned that from Paul Schrader. Oh, not Logan Paul. Logan, Logan Paul, Paul Schrader. Schrader. <laughs> yeah, rule breaker, money that's maker. That's what I'm talking about. All right, that could be the new shirt. All right, Randy, uh, leave our listeners with uh, something. Yeah, you know, I forgot to add it to my uh, list of things to talk about, but the new uh, episodes of How To With John Wilson are streaming on the Max application, and I'm loving them. So, uh, yeah, I think we got like, I think there's six episodes, maybe eight this season. Oh. And how many are out? Two? Two are out, yeah. We got to watch the second one. And I watched them, didn't I? You watched the second one? Did I? We watched the first one. Last week was oh, saying that was the thing I watched. I forgot. Yeah, we watched was saying. I also watched Twisted Metal episode three. Oh Hell my Because Oksana said to put it on. She was like, Oksana. "Oh, we need a background show." Hey, blame Evan. Also, Evan. Also, Sam, who uh, was a surprise guest in the last episode, he after we were done recording was like, "Dude, you jumped off at the right time." Episode three is just a long DMV joke, and he was not wrong. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> You're going to finish this show, aren't you? Also, your Doughboy shows up a lot in that episode. Hell yeah. Did he kill it? God, I wish he would die. That's what I, (laughs) along with that show. Twisted Metal, how many stars? Uh, Two. We'll see you next week. One and a half. One. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.